Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am athlete tonight. What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, 10-year NFL defensive lineman and spearfishing master, Lee J. Doosable. And I'm with my guy, host of the Cover 24 podcast, actor in NFL Pro Bowl Corner, Brandon Flowers. B-Flow, what's good? Yo, 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 dudes. Man, it's Wednesday, man. You know, usually Wednesday's the middle of the week. You know, topics usually aren't as great, but we actually got a really good show tonight because, you know, after Tuesday, you kind of don't want to talk about the past yeah. games, you know, past week of NFL games. And, you know, Wednesday's just a little bit too early to look ahead to mm-hmm. the games coming up. Thursday's usually when you start that with Thursday Night Football, but a lot is happening in sports. But sidebar, man, are you into any new TV shows lately? You know what? I really don't have time to watch TV. Like, the <laughs> older you get, right? Yeah. When we start looking for houses, you know, uh, you know, once we start buying, getting our contracts, right? And yeah. going to get nice-sized houses. Correct. And if you don't build a house from the ground up, you always see in the master t- uh, master bedroom, there's no TV in there. That and I always <laughs> wonder why, right? Because usually people in that tax bracket, they don't have time to watch TV. And not you saying never because... Lie. I'm in a tax bracket I don't have, but it's just like I'm so busy right now where it's like, even if I do have time to watch TV, I'd rather not watch TV. I just yeah. want to close my eyes and get some shut-eyes. Some so, sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's those new shows that I'm like into or been on. How about you? Man, so like, I love watching TV, but like <laughs> you, I don't have much time. You know, our show goes seven to nine mm-hmm. and we, you know, don't finish till nine and I got to get up in the morning because I have other corporate jobs uh-huh. you know that i gotta get to <laughs> um so and preparing for college games every saturday mm-hmm. is a whole week process so yeah i don't have much time but yeah man um i do ring of power you know um on um prime is dope as hell you know it's, it's a prelude to like the hobbit okay you know what I'm saying? okay so, yeah. and then that trilogy of movies yeah um it's been really dope uh game of thrones came out with the house of targaryen you know i've never seen game of thrones Get out of here right not, now. Not one <laughs> episode here right of now. Game of Thrones. I've never seen Sean, it. Sean, I need the what? I need the what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I've seen Game of Thrones, bro. I I just feel like I, okay, I heard about it late, and then I didn't want to go back. I don't know. I didn't feel but like what, catching What did up. you do during the pandemic? <laughs> what did I do during the pandemic? <laughs> I, uh, I guess not watch Game of Thrones. I guess not watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, man, you got to go back. I, didn't, I mean, I know you don't watch tv but if you could maybe just watch one episode a day but isn't it like 12 seasons in it's not it was it was seven seasons right 
I think it was about seven or eight. Seven or eight. <laughs> it was eleven. It's too. It's no too way. much. That's what I'm saying. It's too much to catch up now. Like it's no. If way. you do one a day, you can get there by the end of the year. It's no way I can be, watch be, one. Be, be, well, I tell you, it'll change your life, man. Go All watch right. Game of Thrones, man. I hear that for sure. It's dope. And then the uh, C. I don't know if you got Apple TV. Yeah, I got Apple TV. So C, the uh, the show with uh, Jason. Um, it's like seven, right? Eight seasons. I knew I was right. I knew it wasn't eleven on it. season. You on eight it. seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm telling you, bless yourself. But see the uh, what's my dude with the hair, Jason? Um, I forgot what his name. He in uh, Game of Thrones too is Drago. <laughs> I forgot his name, but uh, it's it's a dope concept. So like everybody loses their sight, yeah. in the future, right? And it's crazy to see like how everybody's other senses are heightened and they're able to still do everything that we're able to do. And we can see. And then there's like a few blessed people on earth that can see. And there's like more and more people coming up that can see. But people that can see are considered like witches because can't nobody see. Wow. Yes, bro. It's dope. It and this, is, think, like, this is the final season, too. I think there's only three. But, bro, it's it's been really good. So, like I said, I don't know. You know, when you travel, maybe. Yeah, I took a trip out of the country yes. and like make sure I can. So you got Apple like TV. That. Just start downloading that, bro, because that that joint C is is fire, man. It really is. But I already said it, man. We got a really good show today. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Aaron Judge, he's chasing history, B-Flow. He hit his 60th home run last night and is only one away from tying Roger Maris's American League home run record of 61. Now, every time Aaron Judge is up to bat tonight, we will go live to the game. They're playing the Pirates as he chases history. There were nine first-year eligible players picked for this year's Hall of Fame class, which includes... Darrell Revis and Joe Thomas. Will any of these guys get in as first ballot Hall of Famers? We discussed that. And Conor McGregor and Mayweather are set to fight again. Does anyone oh my God. want to see this fight? But first, Phoenix Suns Governor Robert Sauver is looking to sell his teams. Now, owner Robert Sauver announced that he has begun the process to sell both the NBA's Phoenix Suns and WNBA's Phoenix Mercury franchises. This is the statement that Robert Sauver had today. He said, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversies from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our culture, unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that it is no longer possible that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For these reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. LeBron James, after he's seen uh, Sarver's tweet, tweeted this. I'm so proud to be part of a league committed to progress. Now, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver spoke about an hour ago, actually put this statement out about an hour ago. He says, I fully support the decision by Robert Sarver to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. This is the right next step for the organization and community. Well, if that's the case, why didn't you make the man force, force him to sell the <laughs> team? But um, his statement, let's go back to Robert Sarver's statement, uh, B-Flow. The man said, you know, he said this is an unforgiving, like, culture. In other words, saying this, you know, climate or culture cancel is what he was, was essentially trying to say, right? Um, his statement, man, do you think he, he'll ever get, like, why this is such a big deal? Or this is his last attempt to say, well, you know, they're going to force me to sell anyway because all my sponsorships are dropping. I'm going to say what I want to say on the way out. 
Yeah, he was definitely trying to guilt trip some people on the way out, basically yeah. saying like, hey, you're not going to forgive me. I made a mistake. But a mistake. The, yeah. The thing <laughs> about it is <laughs> by the reports, this wasn't a one time thing. Exactly. This is a culture you created and you allowed to happen over time. And it's one thing that I really don't like is when people abuse their power. Right. Yeah. And these people that had to come work for him every day, this is how they pay their bills. This is how they mm. feed their family. And to deal with this in a work culture like that, that has to be prohibited and for him to not only know what's going on, be a part of it. It's one of those things where you say he's not sorry that he did it. He's sorry, sorry got he got caught. 100 percent. Right. And I think they got it right, because when they first initially said that he was just going to get fined and, and one year suspension, one year suspension yeah. that's, that's a slap on the wrist. Yeah, but that's why I'm going back to that point before. This is why I think Adam Silver did that. Right. Because it almost again, like we said, we like that's a slap in the face. This man again, this this is the culture you've created. Right. Yeah. This isn't a one time thing. There were multiple instances, and I think they counted five where he used the N word. Right. Where he also talked about women's shapes and what they were wearing at work, like inappropriately. Like this, this, this isn't a one time thing where you're talking about, well, you know what? I made a mistake. I can grow from this, you know, because I'm always about giving somebody a second chance. Like I, I agree with him. Sometimes we do cancel people too quick, but this ain't that. This yeah, is something totally yeah. different. Like, again, you're a repeat offender. That means this is how you really feel yeah. about certain situations and certain cultures and certain sexes. This is how you feel because there's been multiple instances of you doing this. So, like, you can't use the, the cancel culture. And this is what he said. He said, but in our current unforgiving climate, has become it has become painfully clear that this is no longer possible. Like, come on, bro. You're not guilt tripping nobody. That made nobody. me feel like you're not sorry. And He's now, not. He don't give a damn. And then now if you're the employees, <laughs> do you go ahead and go forth with any kind of like lawsuit. yeah, lawsuits yeah. because now it's said and proven that he did do these things and the fact that he doesn't have any remorse it seems yeah right 100 like how how do those people go for because those are the ones that forget worrying about what the owner feel right mm. like he's gonna be okay he's gonna cash out for billions of dollars <laughs> no like he's gonna be okay but what about those people that literally this like we're concerned today's day like about mental health right yeah. These people could be going through things and just happen to accept that. Like, no, we yeah. really need to check on them and make sure they're OK. And you bring up a really good point, right? Because, you know, some of these people just can't quit by another they job. They can't. You they know gotta, what I'm saying? They got to deal with and it. And then if they quit with the power that this guy got, who knows if he could badmouth them if they try to go to another organization. So that's actually a really good point, uh, B-Flow. Like, you know, this guy doesn't have any remorse. What about all the people he hurt? You know, the people that he called, you know, the N-word, the... The, the women that he was addressing and how they were, you know, shaped and what clothes they were wearing and inappropriately. And there was even, I believe, something in there he was talking about sexual acts. Like, come on, bro. Like, there's there's certain things at the workplace. I mean, even not even a workplace. Yeah. Like, if you ain't close to somebody like that, that's not a conversation <laughs> you have with them. Like, exactly. So it, it's crazy. But I, I go back to Adam Silver's statement, right? He was like, I fully support the decision by Robert Solver to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Obviously. And then he says, this is the right step for the organization and community. Well, if that's how you feel, why didn't you force him to sell the team? That was the number one question I had. Like, why would you only suspend him and find him that if you feel like this is the necessary step? That's and usually Adam Silver get it guy. right, right? Yeah. Like, one thing about Adam Silver, he usually get this type of thing right. But yeah. I just think 
he's seen the backlash that came from it. His superstars like LeBron around the league, like said, no, we're not letting this slide. Like we're done letting these things slide Sorry, right exactly. here. And I commend guys uh, like LeBron James and whoever stood up. Like we don't know the other names who stood up. Chris Paul said something. I think everybody was waiting on that because we were trying to figure out what his relationship with Robert Sauver was. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen him a couple of times, you know, Sauver on the court, they dapping each other up, hugging each other. And Chris Paul was actually one of the last few people to say something. And when we talked about it, I talked about it with, uh, I believe, LaShawn McCoy and, and Brandon Marshall. I was like, you know, Chris Paul is calculated, right? This guy used to be the PA president. Yep. He's probably gathering all his starts, making sure he looks through the report thoroughly yep. before he comes out and makes a statement. And he also probably wanted to talk to the rest of the players on the team to make sure they were unified in the situation. You know, training camp, I believe, is less than a week away. So they all going to be there together. I think this was the right move. He had to do this. I also question maybe did Adam Silver do this on purpose because he knew what the backlash was going to be. The sponsors pulling out to kind of force his way out. That way he doesn't look like the bad guy of forcing this guy out. You know what I'm saying? Do you think Adam Silver has some type of relationship with the owners where that's they that's they his boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, listen, we're going to ask you nicely to resign. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to put it out here that you need to sell the exactly. team. It looks a lot more nice if you just volunteer to do this thing. I think that's part of it, right? Again, he's employed by the owners. He essentially works for the owners. Um, but again, this is the right thing. I mean, as an owner, right, is if a guy works for you, you probably don't want him calling too many shots, right? Yeah. But then again, you know, the backlash of something like this, if it were to get out, do people start boycotting the NBA and potentially not going to games? Do players do holding and they not play games, right? So you have to worry about that if you're the other owners in the NBA. And I think, you know, a conversation definitely was probably had behind closed doors between the owners like, hey, Robert, look, <laughs> they got you, bro. Like, yeah, and it's it, time to go ahead and give up the team. We're in a society now where everybody's held accountable. It's no not question. just the players. It's gonna be general managers. It's gonna be owners. Everybody. Nobody's bigger than anybody, the league or whatever. So I, I think they got it right. Kudos to the NBA. The NBA does a great job at you know uh, getting these type of things right. So, yeah. do you think it was inevitable that this was gonna happen? He was gonna have to sell the team. I, I didn't know at first because I thought he was going to ride out this year. I thought honestly. he was going to ride the year out. <laughs> yeah. And then if Phoenix wins some games and the fans are like, hey, let's get ready for next winning, year. It for was some gonna, reason winning caught, you know, everybody forgets everything that's happening. Right. When you win. Yeah. Right. So the fact that this came out right before the season started, that that was like that was big because if Phoenix would have got hot, went on a run in the playoffs. Man. The, everybody would have welcomed the whole team and the owner back, you know, next year. And. It, I don't want to say it would have been forgot about, but in a lot of people's minds, it would have went to the back of their mind, right? 100%. So uh, it just definitely had to get done now, before the season started, before they had any momentum. And it's fair to the Phoenix Suns that they don't have too many distractions during the season. Exactly. Right? So it had to be the beginning of the season or the end of the season. So they felt like, why suspend them for a year and then make this happen? So this was almost the only move they could make. Yeah, he could make, honestly, because, again, I was looking, I want to say looking forward to it. This is a terrible situation. But I wanted to see what the Phoenix Suns were going to come out and training camp would do. I wanted to see what Monty Williams, who's been very vocal in supporting his players in, mm-hmm. in instances like this when, you know, discrimination and, sec, you know, sexism is, is happening in certain situations. He's been very supportive of his players speaking out. So it would have been interesting to see what happens if Robert Sauver decided not to sell the team and then training <laughs> camp is here to see how the players would respond. 
This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosman, with my guy, Brandon Flowers. We were just talking about Phoenix Suns governor, Robert Sauber, looking to sell the team. I told you in the intro, history is about to be made. Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run last night, which tied him for second with Babe Ruth on the all-time home run list in the American League. We are monitoring his at-bats tonight, and every time he's up at bat, we'll go live to the game. The Yankees are playing the Pirates. He is just one home run away from tying Roger Maris's American League home run record of 61. Judge is also in position to win the Triple Crown this season. He took over the league, league and batting average at 316. Obviously leads the league in home runs with 60 and also leads the league and runs batted in at 128. Meanwhile, it's not just Aaron Judge. Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals, who was retiring at the end of uh, the season, is just two home runs away from 700 career home runs. Tonight, the Cardinals in San Diego playing the Padres. I want to bring in our producer, uh, Sean, is an avid baseball fan, more of a, a Mets guy than Yankee Yankee guy. But, Sean, is this the greatest hitting season we've ever seen in the American League? Uh, it's one of them. Definitely the best in my lifetime, that's for sure. And a quick update, guys. The Yankees just got a double play. They are out of the top of the first, which means Aaron Judge is just minutes away from stepping to the plate. Like you said, one home run from tying the AL single-season home run record with 61. But in my lifetime, dudes, I'm 26. This is definitely one of the best-hitting seasons I've ever seen. You know, I was only two years old for McGuire and Sosa in 98. I really was still too young for Barry Bonds. So when it comes to my life, at least, and, and especially in the American League, this is literally one of the best chases I've ever seen. You've got the home run record in the single season with Judge. Pool holes going for 700. You know, it, it's it's... Definitely a great hitting season, I think, for sure. Yeah, a lot of baseball history. What do you think before? You think this is probably one of the greatest hitting seasons in our generation, right? I mean, we were around, we were young yeah. with Barry Bonds and McGuire, and I remember Sosa and McGuire going exciting, at it. Though, that man. was exciting, though, man. I was hyped for baseball <laughs> around that time. Yeah, I was, was hyped. so exciting. You know, just because they was going back-to-back, -to -back yeah. too, right? Mm -hmm. You see one knock it out of the park in Sosa, so you flip into the McGuire game, you see Doing him the same knock it thing, out, yeah. then they'll play each other, then it's like, oh, are they going to hit was, it? it oh, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Exciting time. But but uh, Judge, man, he's been a stud since he stepped in, you know. Talking about betting on yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did the right thing. And it's just his bat is so – his speed, man, his bat speed is yeah, crazy. It's different. When a ball touched the bat, it get out in a hurry. It's out of there. So it's like as soon as he connects, you think it's going to be a home run my every question. single time. It's not one of those batters where it's like, ah – Somebody gonna jinx it. He definitely not go get it tonight. It's like no, literally. So I every think he's gonna hit two tonight. <laughs> he might hit three. The way it's just, it's possible. The way he's swinging. That's what I'm saying. Like every time he steps up, like he has a chance to knock it out. So it is. Yeah. It's definitely entertaining watching him. I just wish we had another guy with him that, rivaling that was racing, him, racing yeah, him to, to that uh, 62. Yeah. Um, a uh, uh, cool story. Well, maybe cool depending on who you are. The kid that caught. You know, Aaron Judge's 60th home run decided to give it back to him. Now, I know Aaron Judge signed some balls for his, his friends and maybe a bat, but B Flow. Well, actually, we actually got to head to Yankee Stadium now. I believe Aaron Judge is actually about to be up chasing history right now, chasing 61. And Contreras first pitch line is a base hit over third down the left field line, rolling to the left field corner. It'll be an extra base hit. Judge goes to second with a double. The superlatives 
are unknown for Aaron Judge. What more can you say? Well, I mean, he didn't get the home run, but it looks like he got a double. That's going to help that batting average and get closer to that triple crown win. But getting back to the story yesterday, again, he hit number 60 out the park, a young kid, uh, got the home run, decided to give the ball to Aaron Judge. But B-Flo, if you were that kid, right, would you just give that 60th home run up just for a signed baseball and some bats? There's <laughs> no way. How old is this kid? I, I need <laughs> to know this. Because he's not Who's thinking about his, him. <laughs> yeah, he's not thinking about his future and his kid. Like, listen, at least, like, this is the least I'm going to do, right? If I'm not asking for any type of money, yeah. I'm at least getting playoff tickets. I need all that. I'm sitting in a box. There's no way. Like, with I'm, your family. Yeah, I'm we sitting, family yeah, yeah. now. Aaron Judge, I'm sitting with your family and your friends, all you can eat, and get me an Uber to the game. I don't even uh, want to ride a subway with everybody. Uh, like, yeah, you provide you pay, my Uber. Uber Black. It's the city, so <laughs> yes. we got to ride in style. Yes. Like, if I'm not asking for no money as compensation, I need all the perks. And he's Aaron Judge. He, Would you think he's not going to pay that? He got it. Think about it. the Yankees it. will probably pay for it. If you go to a suite. It's just an extra seat in a suite. That's, that's, that's no money, right? Just, well, I, I might need two tickets. I got to bring somebody <laughs> yeah, with me. You might got to bring yeah, two. Yeah, I can't be just in there you by myself. You got to bring your lady and your boy. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. two tickets. That's it, but th this is my thing, right? Like, Albert Pujols, again, we talked about it. He's chasing history, too. 700 home runs. Now, the 60th home run won't be as big as the 61st or 62nd, uh -huh. but it's still some history there, right? Because right now he'll be, I believe, third all-time in AL home runs, you know, during the season if he weren't, you know, I don't want to put that out there, knocking on wood, if he were not to get any more home runs. So that's a big ball. Like, it's a but, big deal until he hit the next yeah, one. It's exactly. not guaranteed. We think he going to hit the next so one. So I'm going to go ahead and get a contract written up. <laughs> Yo, Aaron, you want this? I got my lawyer on the phone. We can go ahead. You know, we just need you DocuSign. It's 2022. We could DocuSign. I just need, you know, some club seats for, for the rest of the season and for the playoffs. And we square. If you don't want to do that, and you know, I got some student loans. I don't have any, but maybe that kid did. You know, I got to look up student loans. You go ahead and hand you the Yankees. Listen. I don't care where the money come from. <laughs> you know, I just need to hand, hand to get that handled. This That's is it. a prime example when you learn from others' mistakes. When he hits <laughs> another home run, don't you do what this kid just did. Hell like, no. <laughs> taking a picture and you're being a good guy. Nobody's even going to remember this kid now because he didn't get any compensation. He just wanted a picture like they're going to throw this kid to the side. So the next person that catches a home run, please cash out. I'm telling yeah. you. I mean, because I, I mean, he, again, he got uh, some sign balls. I mean, a uh, bat. I think he got to take a photo with Judge. But look, like, don't care. You, you can do that at training care. camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something you can do at training Bro, camp, right? Or at there. just a Yankees event that Aaron yeah. Judge is at. Like, can you sign my ball? Like, there's literally probably like a hundred other people that have a signed <laughs> ball by Aaron Judge. You had the 60th home run by Aaron Judge, man. There's no way I'm giving that up for just nothing. Hi, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow podcast. Now that the NFL season is finally underway, we'll be filling your podcast feeds with three, yes, three fantastic podcasts every week. On Mondays, we'll be reacting to all of the action from the weekend's games. Wednesdays are for a deeper dive into one specific topic. And Fridays, we'll give you a bite-sized episode with all of my various fantasy football thoughts. You can listen to all of these NFL Roadshow episodes on the SXM app or wherever you stream your podcasts. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. 
Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. There are nine new eligible players to be chosen to go into the Hall of Fame. And this new, uh, the nine guys are headlined by Darrell Revis and Joe Thomas. The other uh, people on this list are Dwight Freeney, Chris Johnson, the running back, Jari Evans has been an all-pro guard, linebacker Navarro Bowman and James Harrison, defensive back Cam Chancellor, and punter Shane Leckler. Now, Joe Thomas, I think, will be a first ballot in the Hall of Fame. I believe he made the Pro Bowl every year except for the his last year where he actually got hurt. So 11-year career, that's how I'm selected to six all-pro teams, right, and and second team two other times. The Real Revis, to me, is another guy. Um, first team all-pro from 2009 to 2011. And finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting in 2009, where he, where he should have won Defensive Player of the Year in 2009. I mean, what he done, what he did, changed the game. Like as far as a guy literally being on the island, right? They literally called him Revis Island. He was my teammate. I literally would see this guy line up against every receive, every starting receiver we had on the roster, uh, Beefo, back to back to back in one on ones, <laughs> and like just take them all out and just dog walk all of them and be like, all right, I'm good. Y'all can go ahead. And go in about your business. Dwight Freeney, man, is another guy. 125 career sacks. Also has a Super Bowl ring. So I think he has a chance, an outside chance to potentially get in as the first ballot. Chris Johnson, we were just talking about this off screen, uh, ranks 35th in all-time uh, rushing yards with 9,651. 7,965 of those came in six seasons in Tennessee. So his body of work in six seasons was, was ridiculous. Insane. I mean, they called him CJ2K. For a reason. Jari Evans, man, is another sneaky guy that could potentially get in first ballot. I mean, this dude was selected to the very exclusive Hall of Fame all 2010 team, right? He was all AP all pro uh, guard for the New Orleans Saints. And I believe he won a ring there as well. Yeah, he won the 2009 ring with the New Orleans Saints. Navarro Bowman is a really good linebacker. I don't think he'll get in first ballot. He has a chance to potentially get in. Played in 107 career games. Um, he was named to the NFL R Pro team four times in his career. James Harrison is a guy I know we said, you know, does he have a chance? He played 14 seasons, but people tend to forget James Harrison's first like four seasons in the league. He was like a special teams guy, got cut a couple times, was on practice squad. Um, it wasn't until like year five where it really clicked for yeah. him, right? But he did finish his career 
with 80 and a half sacks and was part of two Super Bowl championship teams with the Steelers. Shane Leckler was a hell of a punter, man. I know it's always hard for specialists to get in. I mean, but he played in the NFL for 18 years, 18 years and 13 with the Raiders. Uh, his stats outshine Ray Guy. He averaged a whopping 47.6 yards per punt. Cam Chancellor is another guy that My has a guy. Super Bowl ring. Four-time. Oh, yeah, he was a teammate in college, yeah. right? Four-time pro bowler and two-time second-team all-pro in eight seasons. Out of these nine guys before, who do you think has the opportunity to be a first ballot Hall of Fame? Like you said, Joe Thomas for sure, right? And then I'm going Darrell Revis for sure. Like you said, um, he changed the game for cornerbacks. Uh, I don't respect – like, how should I say this? Oh, yeah, I'm about to say <laughs> I, I want to hear I, what you're about to say. My thing is, I respect a lot of corners, right? Mm. Because I know the position is hard to play. But I don't like a lot of corners. Mm. And Darrell Revis is like one of the five, maybe, all time that I just sit back and I'm like, man, like, it's different. beautiful. Yeah, yeah when he plays, like, the way he's patient at the line. He has ball skills. He's strong. Like, he doesn't have a weakness. Yeah. And he follows the number one receiver all across the field, what a lot of people don't like doing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one guy that he deserves this, this first ballot Hall of Fame. And, and he came in doing this right when the league was switching into that pass-happy league. He didn't do it back so, then so where takes, they that only... That some years off your body. Yeah, he yeah. didn't do it back then when they only threw on third down. <laughs> exactly, right? yeah. So, so Darrell Reeves for sure. And I think Dwight Freeney gets in. Because he, he was so electric uh, around he, them times when the Colts was. was winning. He was just because, okay, he has a lot of sacks, first off. Yeah, but his quarterback pressure's got to be insane. Because that, <laughs> Probably. Because he could have patented that spin move that he had. It's and crazy. it was just like. And that bull rush after yes, that. Yes. It's, it's like every two to three seconds, he was in the backfield every play. You had to account for him. He had like a. For a couple of years, he had that Aaron Donald vibe to him where it's like, you cannot stop this guy. You knew the spin was coming and there wasn't shit you could do about it. <laughs> I, so, so I think Dwight Freeney gets in because he also has a ring to stamp you yeah. know, his first ballot. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I would say, I don't know if Freeney gets in the first time just because Ooh. there's so many guys <laughs> waiting. Like you got people forget like John Abraham had over 133 sacks. He hasn't gotten in. Jared Allen, 136. Hasn't Jared gotten Allen is a now, hell of a player. Now, Dwight Freeney does have the ring. That's kind of what separates him. And to me, this is another conversation we got to have, B-Flow, because, like, there's such a big emphasis on if a player has a ring, right? But isn't this an individual accolade? An individual accolade. So why the hell does it matter if somebody has a ring or not? Because oh, I guess in Joe Thomas' case, I don't think it matters. I think he gets in just because he's – He's an old lineman. He's right? an old lineman, but he's been to, like, 10 straight Pro Bowls, too, like. Yeah, but would you say, do you have to have a ring? If Eli didn't have two rings, do he get in? Do they even consider? But but I actually did the research. Eli is up there. He's top 10 in passing in league history, If bro. he didn't, if Eli top, didn't ha- You don't give a top 10 passer? In the, <laughs> you don't put him in the Hall of Fame? Do you think, so You so he gets in without two rings? I think it's hard-pressed to get him in with, without two <laughs> rings. But his stats, stats, his stats say he deserves to be in there. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. But still, I, I think with the Super Bowl, it means you played at a high level and you had to do something to bring that Super Bowl home. Because you had to bring it you, in. If you eligible for the Hall of Fame and you had a Super Bowl, you wasn't alone for the ride. Yeah. Like, you contributed heavy to that, right? Right. So, 
that's why I think it matters because it's not like you're saying like, hey, did you make the Pro Bowl and have a Super Bowl? Like, nah, Hall of Fame. Like, you were the guy on the team exactly. that helped lead your team to that ring. So it definitely had to hold weight in that stature. And I, let me ask you this. For a defensive lineman, do you wish like they had QB pressures or QB hurries in this? Those stat? are just as important because those turn into turnovers. And that's what I'm saying because yeah. I look at that like, has breakups for corners, right? Because yeah. sometimes they'll put some corners in because they have 50 or 60 picks, but it's guys that been on the island that play man-to-man all day and got a whole bunch it's of It's hard to get breakups. a pick when you're playing man. Yeah. yeah, instead of guys that's playing zone, so, getting tips and overthrows. So you're talking about Sherman. That's I'm not talk. talking about Go ahead and say no, what you want to say, me, Listen, <laughs> I love Richard Sherman as a cornerback. My thing is he balled from the time he stepped in. He, yeah. That's another corner that I like. A lot of people isn't too high on Richard Sherman. I love Richard Sherman. I remember. His ball instincts are ridiculous. I remember it was his rookie year or his second year in the league. And we played him in a preseason. Seattle came to Kansas City. And I was hurt that game. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go sit in the box. I didn't feel like sitting on the field. Like, it was training count time. I didn't want to be on my field. Oh, it's preseason? Yeah, it's preseason. Oh, I got you. It's preseason. I was like, damn, the regular season, you didn't want to sit down with your <laughs> teammates, man? No, <Damn. laughs> no, nah, nah, it, was, it was preseason. So, yeah. you know, we just leaving camp to go to the state. I'm like, man, let me just go to the to box, the box right? yeah. So we're playing Seattle. And I just see a tall corner with dreads out the back. Before the ball snap, he got his hands in the air. Like, I'm like, who is this dude talking smack, stunting, jamming Fifth everybody at the line? Yeah. <laughs> like, making plays on ball. I'm like, who yeah. is that? Because I pay attention to cornerbacks. Like, I'm a cornerback yeah. guru. So, from that day, from that preseason game, I paid attention to him, paid attention to him, and he never let me down. Mm. People want to say, oh, Seattle is on defense, this and that. But that's the defense he was drafted to. You right? know, that's what that's why him and Reeves was beefing. But the thing, <laughs> the thing is, he mastered that defense. He like, what, what else did. was he supposed to do? Yeah. I don't think Darrell Revis would have been as successful in a zone defense. That's not his was. style of play. That's not his style of play. Bro. So, therefore, Richard Sherman was effective in his style of play. Like, if he went to Revis, make fights. Yes, bro, yeah. yes. You got to go to your system. Just like quarterbacks. If you go to a system that ain't your system, you're not going to look as great for Correct. any position, right? You can't yeah. be a 3-4 defensive lineman and play in a 4-3 four, four, three, scheme. 100%. So I, I love Richard Sherman. I think he should be a first ballot whenever he's I, oh, I think he, without a doubt, he will be. I mean, again, his ball instincts were crazy. Yeah, you can say what you want about him being in the zone. He just understood concepts, bro, and where, you know, where receivers were trying to, you know, take advantage of him, where they were trying to use their leverage on him. And he knew how to attack the football, man. He went and got that pill when it was in the air. I mean, another guy that, that I've talked about went to UCF that I think should be in there. Asante Samuel. What do you, what do you I think love about? Asante Samuel. He should be. I think but, he just don't fit the mold so people don't want to vote him in. He got the numbers. He, he does have the numbers. Um, I don't know. Like, Asante, got, I, I oh, he like got the ring, too. He ring. That, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, what are they waiting on? You know, like, they'll say, oh, he gave up too many touchdowns. But, but he really did. But he really did. He did. It's <laughs> he just, he really speaks his mind. Didn't. So I think he was never really a media guy. You know, that pays. But that's why I think it's BS. Yeah. That, but I don't that's know what the solution. I love. Yeah, I don't know I what the solution Asante is, Sanders. right? Because, like, you got media members voting on this thing that ain't never lined up a day in their life. But then you're worried about putting it in the players' hands because they're going to vote their homeboys in. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think this is a solution. I think we maybe talked about this before. Put it into players that have high football IQ mm-hmm. that don't have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but, again, have played a lot of years in the league, have a high IQ, and they can vote on it, right? I think it should be a mixture of, of you know, 
reputable media people and players that have no chance to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because think about it. When Asante Samuels play, you're like, do not throw his way. Hell no. Even you know he's coming to get that rock. Manning, Brady, whoever. <laughs> they knew. They knew. Whenever they lined up against him, it was like, do not throw to that side because he's not just going to pick it. He's going to put take it to the house. He's taking that bit to the house. He's putting six on the board. Yeah, he's so taking it to the guys house. Guys like that, that changed the game. That's why. You, I know Cam Chancellor might not get in on his first ballot, right? And you think people, he eventually gets in? I think the whole Legion of Boom should get in. Really? Because Byron they, Maxwell and all of them? Not Byron Maxwell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't B-Max. That's my guy. My dog. That's my yeah. guy. That's my guy. That's my guy. But yeah. I'll say Sherm. Uh, I think Earl gets in. Earl gets in. And Cam. It'll be a while for Earl. Earl got <laughs> <laughs> well, That's another subject. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they also changed the game. on the back. Yeah. They won that Super Bowl in Seattle. It's not even like, up for debate. Like the region of the boom is a Them theme. in the D line. <laughs> I think they changed football and they brought defense back to football because yeah. football is an offensive lead for however many years. But when the Legion of Boom was in there, like everybody came to see them play. Without a doubt. Right? So yeah. I wouldn't be mad if all three of those guys got in at the same time. I think like, Sherman gets in first ballot. I think Cam has a has a chance. He has Honestly, a chance. Earl think Thomas probably has a better chance just off of football numbers and everything. Oh, man. Cam, Cam was like, he'll knock you out. He was like Adrian he'll, Wilson. But better athletically. I think he was better than Adrian He was better Wilson. athletically. He could, he could cover the tight end better than Adrian. And this is what I hope they don't do. I hope they don't put him in that Darren Woodson category where he was like, Ooh. he's a great player. He was solid, but so was Darren Woodson. And he had to wait for so long. Yeah. He's like... I don't know, man. The Legion of Boom just to me they changed football. I think they put him in like the Leroy Butler category because he took he took a while to get to go out for him to get in too. I like Leroy Butler, but I think Cam Chancellor was no, Cam Chancellor was the, he was different. He was different. He was, he was different, a dog bro. out there, like another guy. I ain't never seen a safety that damn big, bro. Besides Adrian Wilson, obviously, but he'll come and smack a pulling guard in the mouth and put him put to him sleep. on his back, put him to sleep. He'll hit a running back <laughs> in the hole, put him to sleep, and yeah. then he'll pick a pass off and take it six. Yards. He did it. His He's career. It if times. his career didn't get cut short because of injury, the, the neck injury, yeah. he would have definitely been a Hall of Famer. So how do how do we factor that in? Where well, it's like so injury the, cut him. There's a there's a good thing, right? Because Tony Baselli, yeah, he just got in, and a lot of people were like, "Well, he didn't play long enough to technically be awarded, you know, this prestigious award." And but for like four years. He might have been the most dominant tackle in football, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like like people have gone, have gone back and forth, like starting with Bruce Smith, right? Because when he locked down Bruce Smith, I think, in the playoff game, mm-hmm. and that's where he got his name. And then like the next three or four years, he balled out, and then he got hurt. His career was just never the same. So people always wondered, does he really deserve to be in there? But he got in this year, so shout out to Tony Baselli. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Dudes, but with my guy, B-Flow, and we're discussing – uh, the Hall of Fame, there's nine new eligible players to get in. Me and him, me and B-Flow both believe that Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis will be in, and we think that Dwight Freeney has an outside chance. Looking at the, the rest of this eligible nine players, Jari Evans, I think, has a chance. I don't know if he gets in first ballot. Navarro Bowman, do you think he gets in? Uh, his not, career not got cut short. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, his yeah, career yeah. got cut short. Him and Patrick Willis, I think. Yeah. Both they played like three more years each. I yeah. think it's not even a question. Yeah, it's not like, a question. But that's how I feel about Cam Chance. Like yeah. all those guys to me are in the same box. So I got a question for you going forward. Like more and more players are inapt and locked in to this mental health thing, and also brain injuries and mm-hmm. things like that. And we've seen more and more players walk away from the game. 
Do you think that will affect how the Hall of Fame is voted on going forward in the future? It'll have to be a nice run of players, like calling it at nine in yeah, eight years. Exactly. And well, I mean, he's going to Barry Sanders. Right? He did the same thing, right? Yeah. Calvin he, Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't hold it against Calvin Johnson, but he, he was couldn't. Just, yeah. He he was, was, <laughs> him or Barry, they were different. Like, and those officer guys with the ball in their hand scoring touchdowns, yeah, right? Okay. So, so they get a little leeway, but. I think if a lot of guys say 10 is my max and stop going to 15 and 17, yeah. those amount of years, I think the league will have to look at that. Yeah, facts. All right, well, let's look at some of the additional nominees because we think two for sure, maybe three get in, which I believe leaves, what, three more spots potentially. And they also do like a senior Hall of Fame um spot and I think I think Joe Clicko will win it this year. I think he should have been in the Hall of Fame. Everything he's done for the New York Jets, uh when they when they had that defensive line with him and Marty Lyons, like they they and, and Mark uh Mark Gastineau, they they were different, bro. Like mm-hmm. they were they, the sack exchange is what they call it. it. It was different, man. So you know, playing for the Jets for for most of my career, like you always see their pictures up. Yeah. And I'm like, man, at the time, like we had a dope defense line. It was me, uh Muhammad Wilkerson, Big Snacks Harrison, Sheldon uh Richardson, and then we had Leonard, Leonard uh Williams. We got him as a rookie. So we're like, man, we like stack exchange 2.0. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like always seeing those banners, man. I always like have respect for those guys and what they did. But it's looking at some additional nominees. I think in the quarterback position, I don't know if any of these guys get in. Do you think Steve McNair eventually gets in maybe? That's Rest in peace. One. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, they got him and Donovan McNabb. Those are the two guys in there that are eligible this year that maybe. You look at running backs. Um, Tiki Barber. You think Tiki Barber gets in? I think I think Eddie George can get in before Tiki Barber get in. Mm. I, I like. What about see- CJ? We talked about CJ Two K for a little bit, but do you think he eventually gets in? Because again, if you look at his body of work for them six years, and that's what they'll have to do. They'll have yeah. to look at them six years and say he was the most electrifying running back that was in, in the football, league. Yeah, right? <laughs> instead of balancing league. it balancing it out all his like years and then try to place him where he's at Correct. with rushing yards because he's 35th like don't do that just yeah. look at his body work for them six years or would the guys in the hall of fame say yo that that's not fair like yeah nah we my, went off my whole career, career like, body for 12 years yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because you know uh prime has come out and said some things about you know, people getting into the Hall of Fame, he feels like they just starting to let anybody in there now. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how players that are already in there and then how they do the voting going forward. Look at the running back position. Ricky Waters is the name that's in there. Sean Alexander. We talked about Tiki. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Do you think that foot fullback should be voted into the Hall of Fame? Like Mike Allstock. He was like, he was dominating. <laughs> he, was, he was dominant, but he was dominant for what? Four years. Now, hell no, nah, bro. You tripping for way longer than that. Ah. As a fullback, bro, you remember, he was like the orig- the first original fullback that got really, the ball. Yeah, he was really the only as a running back. That yeah, ran that ran the ball. Yes, in that aspect. Yeah. But. I mean, you look at Lorenzo Neal, that dude yeah. used to take heads yeah, yeah, off, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, even Monte yeah. Leach for a, a while mm-hmm. with the Houston Texans and Baltimore did that too. The wide receivers is where it get interesting. Yeah, Anquan Bolden, you think he gets in? I think he gets in, but. It's a couple that have to go in in front of him. I think Reggie Wayne gets in if, before him. Mm. Me, I think personally, Tory I think. Holt. Oh, yeah, the receiver position, and then you also got uh, Andre Johnson. No, like you forgetting the name that should have been a first ballot, Devin Hester. 
I don't. But he's know. a returner. It doesn't, returner. Ma- it doesn't matter. He, they got him listed as a receiver. I don't care what you he's put him returner. in as. I don't care what you put him in as. Yeah. He should have been a first ballot. He should. He should have been first ballot returner for sure. I mean, but also uh, Steve Smith. I went back and looked at his numbers. Steve Smith should have been first ballot, bro. Yeah, he should have been first. Oh my god! I went <laughs> back and looked at Steve. I, I, I knew he was a dog, but I, I didn't know his numbers were crazy like no, that, they bro. Was, they was insane. Steve Smith, yeah. Ocho, and Terrell Owens was like going crazy, crazy. in the league at yeah. the same time. Early two thousands, it was it was it was on. Look at the tight ends. Dallas Clark. I mean, Dallas Clark when he was with Peyton. Do you think he has the numbers though? I don't know if he have. The There's numbers. a guy like Heinz Ward get it. I don't think he gets in. Um, I think he was very important to what Pittsburgh did. He was yeah. part of their culture and what they were. He was the he was the guy that gets down and dirty. Yeah. And at the beginning of his year, I mean career where he was elusive and catching passes and cutting cross field. Like he did his thing, but I, I'm just not sure if I would put him in before Anquan Bolden. Because mm. Anquan Bolden came on the scene as a rookie and exploded. And he never really had an off year nah, since, right? Nah. And played with different quarterbacks on many different teams. And still, yes, yes. he's quietly just been successful yeah. and just made Pro Bowls and just consistently shut his mouth and played the game the right way. Yeah. Um, let's look at the offensive line. I mean, there's a couple guys in there I played with, the Brickershaw Ferguson. I know he's going into the Jets' ring of honor this year. So is uh, Nick Mango, who was my teammate. Uh, I think Nick Mango has a chance to get in. I'm surprised he – wasn't right on that borderline of getting in the first ballot. He gets in Jeff Saturday is another name. Chris Knee was a Pro Bowl guard. So Brian Waters was dominant for yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. My, were you were you there yeah, with him there? Yeah, that was OG. he was an OG. Yeah, that's yeah. my OG. <laughs> Bro, crazy story. You know we always have stories. So it's my rookie year. We come. So when I came out undrafted, uh it was yeah, we the same year. We I was with Minnesota. So we came to y'all for training camp. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. I that was new to me. I didn't even know they yeah. did that. You know, we coming from college. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that. Like we do, you know, we do one-on-one pass rush. I do one-on-ones with the receivers. So like I'm getting ready to go up to pass rush because nobody's stepping up. Yeah. And I should have knew why nobody was up. <laughs> Brian Waters was the starting guard, bro. When I tell you, you put them clamps on me and, he, and I couldn't move, bro. Dude. But I was like, I was one. I was like, bro, why is no? Because I didn't know who he was. You know, what I'm yeah. like, like in college, I ain't really follow the league. Like, I, like I knew the, the big players. <laughs> And I you know don't have a statue alignment. that's going to intimidate you either. Yeah, like, he was just chilling yeah. there, bro. I'm like, shit. I'm, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna the Ricks. I'm trying to get as many reps <laughs> as possible. So I step up there with the starters, get the rep. Man, dude, grab me. I was like, bro, I ain't never felt stiff like this in my <laughs> life. I'm like trying to swipe at his arms and everything. So uh, the coach came talk to me. He was like, yeah, that guy's different. I was like, I see. I'm like, y'all set the kid y'all up. I'm a rookie, a bro. Jared, you just came from over here in Kansas City. You Jared know Allen he was, was real. You gonna let like... me just step up there and get mudded like that? Like, <laughs> knowing my job on the line, man. How... But I think I think everybody respected me because I was like, I don't yeah, care yeah, who yeah, it yeah, is. He was with it. I'm getting these reps, bro. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, eventually gets How in. about Nate Newton? Yeah, he, he, he got he was rings. Good, he do, he do. Jeff Saturday, you think? Yeah, he I say, that's why I say Jeff Saturday got the rings. He was a perennial Pro Bowler. Maybe he eventually gets in. I think it's they dog offensive linemen when it comes to the they whole do. Hall of Fame. I, I don't get it, bro. They do because I think like Steve Hutchinson should have got in his first time, and I don't think mm-hmm. he got in his first time. He he was a perennial Pro Bowler. Um, he definitely should have got in defensive line. My guys, I talked about John Abraham over yep. one hundred and thirty. Like people forget. That that dude was getting to the quarterback, yeah. even in like year like fifteen, bro. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about Jared Allen over one thirty as well. 
Leroy Glover, man. I, I love the glove, man. He's eligible. Robert Mathis. I know we both talked about him before. We think he should potentially get in. Let me, let me look at Robert Mathis's numbers. But Freeney, if Robert Mathis is gonna get in, Freeney got it. They be both gotta get guy. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I think Well, we're gonna see right now. Freeney was like one. He was one A, but Freeney got a Freeney had 10 more. No, he had listen to this. Freeney had 125. Mathis had 123. That's tough. I know they both was competing too. Like, and the crazy thing, I think Frenny played longer, but he was injured. Like, but when he went to Arizona, he was still getting it, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't Frenny Frenny at the end of his career. Yeah, but he was. But he still gets you like four or five sacks a year, though. Big Vince Wilford. That's the thing. So we talked about fullback being disrespected. I think nose tackle gets disrespected. Like, there's. I don't think there's enough nose tackles in. The, I don't even know if there is any in all of fame. Because you can't go by stats. Yeah, you know, you, you, you gotta, just got to go by how, how he, dominant yeah, they how were dominant in the middle. Was, yeah, how he impacted the game. So I think he he should have an opportunity. I mean, Demarcus Ware, that is BS. I don't know how the hell he didn't <laughs> make it in first ballot. Like, he actually might get in this year. Like, that's bro. What Demarcus Ware did, yeah. bro. Like that. It shouldn't even been up for debate. Like he should have went in. I am athlete tonight is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I am athlete tonight with a five star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM Podcasts. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.